Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Uh, Very happy to have you here. Just got back from Alaska, and uh, if you've never been there... It is amazing, and I hate to use the word bucket list because everyone always says that Alaska is a bucket list destination, but it really is one of those things you have to do before you die. So yeah, it's a bucket list thing. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we'll get a review from Kathy uh, of Allure of the Sea. She just returned from a seven-night Caribbean sailing there. Also, Sherry Kennedy is standing by with Cruise News. So we'll hear from uh, Sherry in just a couple of minutes here. Stuart on the cruise guy over on the Queen Mary 2 doing a transatlantic crossing right now. A couple of housekeeping things. Cruise Radio News. It's our Cruise Radio Facebook group. We'd love to have you in on the cruise conversation. Just search Cruise Radio News on Facebook. Okay. Sherry Kennedy is standing by with this week's edition of Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. You know, just got back from Holland America's New Amsterdam, sailed a seven-night uh, Alaska sailing through Glacier Bay and Inside Passage. And if you, ha- you haven't been up there yet, have you? I still have not gotten to Alaska, despite my last name. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right, Alaska. Well, not Kennedy, <laughs> but Laskin. And it never gets old. It doesn't, doesn't, no. Uh, so a, c- a couple of news uh, talking points this week. And, uh, of course, one of the big ones, it's pretty much uh, gone now, but uh, a couple of ships were shifted around in the Caribbean because of a tropical storm turned hurricane. Yeah, it was good old Hurricane Earl, and he is now tropical storm earl it's moved over belize now and and uh, yeah you know the usual sh- cruise ship shuffle began and carnival row caribbean and norwegian were all affected by tropical storm and then hurricane earl but uh, it's you know it's pretty much a non-issue now um carnival had to uh you know move from belize and royal caribbean's empress of the seas and the liberty of the seas switched their itineraries Norwegian, uh, the escape, canceled their Belize call altogether. Um, last time I checked the weather report, oh, about a few hours ago, Earl really had already gone overland, was heading across uh, Central America, and they actually expected it to possibly reform over the Pacific, in which case it will no longer be Earl. It will have a new name. So Carnival Cruise Line announced the name of their second Vista-class ship. We were calling it Vista Sista. What did we hear from them? It's now the Carnival Horizon. Ooh. It's an original name. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's, a, it's a retired old name, so it's a good choice. And, you know, Vista and Horizon, it all makes sense when you think about it. Yep, the, uh, the Carnival Horizon is supposed to set sail in uh, the spring of 2018, and she is a sister ship to the Carnival Vista, the second in the Vista-class fleet. Hmm. Yeah, we're going to see yep. a lot of the same stuff. And uh, Christine Duffy, the, C- yep. uh, the president over at Carnival Cruise Line, said some new things coming on board as well. So I'm curious to see what, what else they're going to bring because Carnival Vista pretty much has it all right now, just short of the whole skydiving and go-karts and bumper cars and all that. So uh, And the IMAX and yeah. Dr. Seuss, they're all going to be there. And I guess they're going to, probably when they tell us what the new... Uh, features will be is when they'll also release the home port and the itinerary details because that's still kind of hush hush. Curious to see if they're going to bring it straight to the Caribbean or keep it in the Med because a lot of cruise lines aren't too bullish in the Mediterranean for 2017 and 18 right now. 
Um, yeah, there's some good discounts. There's yeah, some very good totally. discounts, and and airfare too is is really rock bottom. So it's a great time to cruise the Met if you know if you feel like going this summer or even into the fall. All right, moving on. Carnival Live. It's a program that Carnival Cruise Lines launched in 2014 where the artist flies to a cruise port like Nassau or Cozumel. They come on the ship, they do a concert, and then they leave, and then um, you continue on with your sailing. So it's a concert experience within your cruise. Uh, They just announced their 2017 lineup for Carnival Live. What did we hear? Well, the 2017 Carnival lineup looks like it's going to be a little heavier on the comedy and a little bit less on the uh, the musical performances. But so far this year, they have, uh, and you'll like this one, Tim McGraw and Sam Hunt. Cool. They're lined up. And and a group called Little Big Town, which I've never heard of. Huge, yeah. Huge. <laughs> what do I know? Um, and, then, and then for the comedians, and I do know these guys, um, Jim Gaffigan. Mm-hmm. You have him lined up. You have Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy. So they're keeping in the country theme. Um, Chris Tucker, who is actor turned comedian or vice versa. He was in Rush Hour. Right, and, yeah. Yeah, and Silver Linings Playbook. He's going to do a performance. And also Jay Leno. Wow, they got Leno on there? They've got Leno oh. on there, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. He'll be on the Vista, so he's going to get the newest ship, of course. And, um, yeah, it should be interesting to see uh, how they do it. And, of course, you know, the tickets – they're they're really so reasonable when you consider the the level of entertainment that you're going to get. The regular general admission at this point it's thirty dollars to eighty dollars, depending on the performer and the length of the cruise and and the port that you're in. Of course, if you you know if there's someone that you're absolutely in love with, like I'm sure people want to go see Tim McGraw, they can get a VIP ticket which ranges anywhere from one hundred to three hundred dollars. And what does that get you? You get a seat in the first five rows, a photo op, and you get a commemorative concert pass. So you know if you're really a big, if you're a big fan, this is awesome. You know you can get your picture taken with with Jay Leno. Heck, I love the fact that they're pushing a commemorative concert pass, which is nothing but a lanyard. I know, a laminated piece of paper. <laughs> right, but, but I got to say though, like with this Carnival Live program, it is really cool and. Just to put things into perspective, like we would auction off uh, concert tickets for Tim McGraw in the front row at the radio station here, and they would go for thousands of dollars. So for <laughs> you to see Tim McGraw and meet Tim McGraw for $150, I mean, that's an amazing deal because those people that bought the front row couldn't even meet him. It's amazing. You know, and you're in a small environment. It's really a up close and personal opportunity. And yeah, I cannot believe it's been since 2014. This is the third year already. Yeah, yeah it's flying by. Whoa, uh, it has gone quickly. Uh, Margaritaville coming to a couple more cruise ships near you. Which ones are we going to see it on? <laughs> We're going to see Margaritaville on the Norwegian Getaway and the Norwegian Breakaway. Um, in that order, it will be the September 18th for the Getaway and October 9th for the Breakaway. Um, it's all part of this $400 million, if you call it a refurbishment or an expansion plan, uh, and they have a name for it called the Norwegian Edge. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, it's already on the Norwegian Escape Margaritaville. So, and, yeah, and people were asking this uh, question. They were asking, what is it going to replace on both ships? And on Norwegian Getaway, it's going to go where the Flamingo Grill is. And then on Norwegian Breakaway, it's going to be in the former... Uptown Grill. So yep. uh, 
taken a couple venues out, but adding a Margaritaville at sea, not a uh, not a bad exchange there. Uh, Royal Caribbean kicking things up a little bit. Uh, they're expanding their high speed internet at sea. What are the de- uh, what are the details here? Well, there's you know it's kind of an across the board one big detail. Voom is now officially on all of their ships everywhere in the world that the ship happens to be. You can have the fastest internet at sea is how they're billing it. Um, and which is, you know, if you go back to the prehistoric times when uh, you, you, were, you were lucky if a phone call would go through from your stateroom, uh, it's pretty incredible to think that, you know, if you're traveling the world, and especially with the ships now over in Asia, to have the same high speed that they would have in the Caribbean, you know, and the satellite is a satellite is a satellite. So really, no matter where you are in the world, you can stay connected and be just as fast as if you were in the Bahamas. You know, I think connectivity at sea is super cool and super awesome because you show people where you are, the photos and all that. But they're billing this like some of the VPs on the promo video are saying, this is faster than the internet at my house. If your internet isn't as fast as cruise ship internet, you should probably get a new company or a new router box, you know? Have you tried streaming anything um, when you were on board with Royal Caribbean just to see if it's as fast? You know what? I never have um, because, you know, those ships have so much to offer. I never find myself like in my stateroom saying, oh, I want to watch <laughs> Orange is the New Black on Netflix because I'm always doing something on their ships. They have so much That's to true. do. That's very so, true. Yeah. Last but not least, another cruise line is banning balcony smoking. Uh, what cruise line is it this time? This one is ultra luxury seaborne, and I can just come up with one big duh. I mean, what has taken everybody so long to do this? It's just incredible. That's my little editorial piece. Well, you know how yeah. America still has it <laughs> on the balconies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, after it, what was it years ago that you know when Princess had the balcony fire? Yeah, Star um, Princess that, in '06. Yep, right? yep. That just changed the game right there, and boom, no one was allowing it, but. Apparently, a few cruise lines still are, but yeah, as of uh, the first one to lose uh, the ability to smoke on your balcony will be the Seaborn Quest, and that's the end of November of this year, and then it rolls out across the other three ships throughout um, December, uh, and so, oddly enough, you're still going to be able to smoke an e-cigarette in your room, hmm. so yeah, which you know I've heard places where you cannot smoke an e-cigarette in the same smoking lounge on ships as you can a cigarette. Yeah. So I, I don't quite understand that, but you, know, you got to leave your water pipe and your glass pipes and other devices at home because <laughs> they won't be allowed on board. <laughs> It'll be legal one day, Sherry. We've been talking with Sherry Kennedy from cruisemaven.com. Find her links in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Thanks for being on the show, my dear. Thanks, Doug. It's always fun, and I always learn something. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. 
For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, doug at cruiseradio.net. Kathy and her husband just returned from Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas down there in Port Everglades. Kathy's on the line this evening. Hey, Kathy. Hello. So you were uh, just returned like last month from one of the world's largest cruise ships. And uh, before we get to the ship, we're going to talk all about it in just a couple of minutes. Let's take a step back. What made you want to take this seven-night cruise on Allure? Oh, I had been on a couple other cruises. I had been on a couple Carnival and a couple other Royal Caribbean. I had been on Enchantment of the Seas and Mariner of the Seas. And I had heard a lot of people talk about the bigger ship and how much stuff there was to do. And I was like, that looks really fun. So we started, you know, looking at it. And I was like, I have to go on this ship. (laughs) It was 2014, the last time that I was on a cruise. I was like, it's been way too long, Uh and I want to go big this time. Wow, very cool. So you get down to Port Everglades, Terminal 18 down there, one of the fastest embarkation ports in the world, they say. Uh, How was embarkation for you from the curb to the ship? It was okay. There was a little bit of an issue of the cruise that had just returned Someone had GI issue, so they had to extra sanitize the ship. So we did not get on as soon as we normally would have. We got on, it was probably about 12.15. Okay. Still not bad, though. Not bad. I guess it beats the alternative of getting norovirus on the ship, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'd rather have them clean that, too. Let's talk about your first impressions, then. You said you sailed a couple of Royal Caribbean ships in the past. Uh, What were your impressions of Allure of the Seas? Well, it was just as soon as you walk on, you walk on to the promenade deck. You've got the music playing, and it's just absolutely beautiful. There's just so much activity. The ship holds around 6,000 people. And I was like, wow, is it going to be really crowded all the time? That was one of the things I was worried about. And, you know, it was a little crowded on embarkation day. But, I mean, you know, I kind of expected that a little bit. Yeah. But it was beautiful. It was beautiful. (laughs) That's uh, the reaction that most people say when they talk about Allura or Oasis of the Seas. So you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have and what did you think of it? I had a balcony, you know, like I said, you know, I, I wanted to go big. And so I love, there's several different choices of balconies. You can do a Central Park balcony, you can do a boardwalk balcony, or you can do an ocean view balcony. And, you know, I definitely love being able to wake up and see the sunrise and drink my coffee. So we did the uh, ocean view balcony and it was great. It was very roomy. 
lots of room to move around, you know, had our little refrigerator and it was very nice. Cool. Now, uh, what did you think about as far as the the space, uh, as far as the size of the balcony itself and the space inside the cabin? The balcony, you know, for just, it was a superior balcony and it had two chairs out there with a little table. Now, I know sometimes like the junior suites have a little bit more room, which we might do that next time. But, I mean, you know, it was good for us because we spent a little bit of time in the room and it had like a little couch. It had a full, you know, had a king-size bed, mm-hmm. a couch, and the balcony was very roomy. Cool. Very nice. Let's talk about food aboard Allure of the Seas because this ship has plenty of food options. Oh, yeah. I think like 22 <laughs> restaurants on board or something like that. So let's start at the Windjammer Buffet and we'll work our way out from there. So what were your impressions of the Windjammer? The Windjammer was good. We didn't eat there a whole, whole bunch. I mean, we did eat there, you know, I think the second day was a sea day. We ate there for lunch, you know, the second day. And it was very good. It had lots of choices. And the staff that worked in the Windjammer was, you know, how can I help you? Do Can I help you get anything? I really enjoyed it. Cool. Now, uh, the main dining room, what time dining did you have? I had the 6 p.m. dining. The first night is always fabulous because they have the prime rib. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the prime rib. So I was, you know... I was definitely looking forward to the first night, and um, the wait staff was very good, very friendly. The food was great. Cool. Did you buy any specialty uh, dining packages or eat at any specialty venues on the ship? We did go to Sabor. Okay. You know, because Sabor, I heard, is like the definite must-do. You know, because we, you know, we had budgeted our cruise, and I was like, well, we can't eat at all the. I said, we can pick one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Sabor, the good thing, you know, the really cool thing with Sabor is they have this guacamole that they make right in front of you. Oh, yeah. We had gone there for lunch one day, and it was so good. <laughs> it was so fresh, so good. And I'm just like, I could have eaten at Sabor the whole cruise. How is the pricing there? Is that a la carte or kind of like a one-set fee? It's all a cart, and it's it's actually very reasonably priced. That's why we kind of went for lunch, because obviously it was a little bit less expensive for lunch, and just it was really really reasonable. Very cool. Uh, any kind of like uh, reports you want to give us for the pizza joint or the the one of those promenade cafes or any of those spots? Well, the one thing I want to say is on embarkation day. The first instinct of everybody is to head up to the Windjammer. So me doing my research, I found out that on Embarkation Day, the best place to go is Park Cafe Mm -hmm. because they have these very good roast beef sandwiches, (laughs) mouth-watering roast beef sandwiches, and it's not crowded and you don't have everybody trying to push and get lunch. So, I mean, yeah, definitely the roast beef sandwiches from Park Cafe. Nice. Let's talk about entertainment aboard Allure of the Seas. Of course, Allure is divided up into seven different distinct neighborhoods. So what did you think about the entertainment options aboard Allure? 
they are really great because, you know, depending on your taste, you know, what you like to do, if you like to play trivia or if you like to do karaoke or if you like to go to the shows, they have something for everybody. Me, myself, I'm a big trivia fan. They, you know, and I'm, I'm an 80s child. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they had 80s trivia and then they, you know, that was a whole bunch of fun. And they had all the, the shows at nighttime. That's why we picked early dinner so we could so, you know, see the shows at night. Mm-hmm. But um, I like being able to go into the clubs and dance to the music. They have Dazzle's Dance Club and they have, you know, 70s night and 80s night and just, you know, themed nights. And then just the entertainment shows like the Aqua show is wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful to see the acrobats and everything and the comedian. We went to see that. And Mama Mia, I did not get a chance to go see that because it's a really long show. But from my fellow cruisers, I heard it was fabulous. Very cool. Let's talk about the sea days aboard Allure of the Seas. Of course, a lot of people think, okay, there's 5,400 people on board. It could get quite crowded during sea days, but how was your experience on your sea days? Actually, even with that many people on board, it's so huge, and there's so many areas that you can go to. It doesn't feel crowded at all. My favorite place, you know, I like the solarium. The solarium was beautiful. They have the little pools inside the solarium, and then they have hot tubs right outside of the solarium that overlook the water. Those are my favorites. The pools themselves, there's people in them, but there's several different options, and it wasn't overcrowded to me. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, as far as when people were out by the pool decks on the sea days, were people like fighting for the deck chairs or did there seem to be enough chairs for the enough people? I could tell that there was some people, you know, that would put that we call them the chair hogs Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that would put their towels on there. But I didn't really see a problem of people not being able to find a place to sit. I know we went out there and went on the pool deck. We swam in the sports pool and I was able to find a lounge chair just fine. On this seven night Caribbean cruise, uh, what ports did you hit and which one was your favorite? We went to Labadee, Haiti, Falmouth, Jamaica, and Cosmo, Mexico. I think my favorite was Cosmo, Mexico. I had done some research on what to do in the ports. For Labadee, Haiti, we just kind of had a beach day. I rented one of the shaded loungers. Mm -hmm. We kind of went on port and just kind of had a beach day. And the second stop was Falmouth, Jamaica. And I kind of heard, you know, just kind of stay within the safety compound and you'll be good. And we went to Margaritaville, which was a lot of fun. I kind of did some souvenir shopping, you know, regular tourist stuff. And in Cosmo, Mexico, I paid for a uh, resort. It was called Mr. Sancho's. Mm -hmm. And it's like a five to seven minute cab ride from the port. It cost us about $17 to go from the port to Mr. Sancho's. And it's all inclusive resort. 
They feed you. It's, you know, all you can drink. It's $55 a person. It was definitely well worth it, though, because they have a lot of activities. They have kayaking. They have and pool bars. Like you can go in the pool and walk up to the bar. Wow. That sounds really cool, actually. (laughs) Yeah, it it was very awesome. Um, You know, I, I made sure to take lots of pictures. And for kids, they had this big out in the water jump thing where they can slide down this big jumping trampoline things, you know, lots of activities for kids to do too. Cool. Yeah. We really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I, I was reading that I think it was Mr. Sancho's where they cap it off and only take so many cruise passengers a day. Is that correct? Um, that's actually Nazi Coem. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Like a, yeah. It's Nazi takes a hundred cruisers a day. And that's, I've heard mixed reviews, you know, and I, I'm a person where I like to make my own opinions, but I do a lot of research mm-hmm. when it comes to cruises as far as what to do when you go into the ports. And I've heard good reviews and I've heard bad reviews, but, you know, Nachi is, I think it's more adult based. You know, if you have younger kids, it's probably, you know, there's not a lot there for them to do. Gotcha. Yeah, I was, that's what I was wondering if uh, Mr. Sancho's was kids-based and the other one was more uh, adult-based. Very good to know. So you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was the disembarkation process for you? It was very smooth. You know, we decided to, because we had drove to Port Canaveral, you know, with our privately owned vehicle. We stayed at the Hyatt and um, that's where we had parked our car. So they have a shuttle that goes to and from, and we put our bags out at night, and I think we got off the ship probably like 8 o'clock in the morning. We had breakfast. You know, it's it's a very long line, mm-hmm. you know, but it seemed to go very fast. It was cool. organized, but, you know, it's never fun getting off a ship. <laughs> what first-time tips would you give someone sailing Allure of the Seas? To definitely do your research, don't just come there and say, okay, well, so what are we going to do? You know, you want to definitely do your research and definitely read the cruise compasses every day. They have the cruise compasses in paper, but they also have the cruise compass and interactive boards on the ship throughout the whole ship. So, like, if you're somewhere on the ship and you're like, well, what's going on right now? Well, our cruise compass is up in our room. You can go up to one of the boards and see all the activities yeah. that are going on right now. And then my other tip would be on embarkation day, don't go to the windjammer. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one right there. Because there's so many choices. The Solarium Bistro is a really good choice. They're all free options. Park mm-hmm. Cafe, so, you know, it's just everybody's first instinct is to head to the windjammer. Very nice. Well, uh, looking back over your seven-day cruise, what was your biggest highlight? I'm a very social person, so, you know, I did the cruise critic meet and mingle and getting to meet my fellow cruisers and hanging out with them, and I absolutely love the 70s and Disco Inferno night. We had so much fun. They go all out, and it is just so much fun. It's just definitely something not to miss. And, of course, the quest game. Yes. The Royal Caribbean's famous quest game. It's an adult scavenger hunt, per se. And, you know, it's kids are not supposed to be there. (laughs) 
it's held in Studio B, and it's definitely something not to miss. I, whenever I go on a Royal Caribbean ship, that's one of the things I make sure I never, ever miss because, you know, it's just so much fun. There's pictures of me doing a quest game in my mid-20s, and I'm, all I'm going to say is it involved lipstick and a bra. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it sounds about right. <laughs> That's all I'll say, but uh, yeah, that, that quest game gets pretty crazy. Well, uh, Kathy, in closing here, give me your final thoughts of Allure of the Seas. It is an absolutely beautiful ship. Don't let the size of the ship scare you because you know, a lot of people get scared because it's such a big ship. Am I going to be able to get around? Is it going to be crowded? It didn't feel crowded at all, and it was very easy to navigate your way around the ship. And there's so many beautiful areas. You just you find your favorite area. I mean, Central Park at night, listening to the crickets with the lights and seeing the moonlight is just absolutely beautiful. We've been talking with Kathy. She just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise on Royal Caribbean's Lore of the Seas. Kathy, thanks for being on the show and sharing your cruise with us. Thank you so much. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.